Welcome to our next episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the 5 Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology and offer proven ways to put the five moments of need into practice. Friends, welcome back to yet another Performance Matters podcast. Bob Mosier here is introduced in the introduction. So glad to have you all here. We do hope you are safe and well in the times we are facing. Appreciate you taking time out of that to listen to us. We are going to go into a profound maybe one of the more important strategy matters series we've ever done. If I dare say in our 35 now plus episodes we've been in, and we couldn't go there without the following folks having joined me. So excited for you to hear the experience of two dear and respected colleagues of mine. Carol Stroud, welcome. Hi, Bob. Great to have you back. And of course, the famous Needs very little introduction. <laughs> Dr. Conrad Gafferson. Welcome, Con. Oh. It, it, it's always great to, to be in a discussion with you and Carol. Why do you why do you both laugh? That was that was mean. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. As, as promised, friends, here's where we're going. A lot of great reactions to our last episode, which was on the overall understanding of and need for what we call a maturity model. And so, as promised in that episode, we're going to go a bit deeper and peel the onion back today. And we're bringing in two of the best practitioners I can imagine to talk about this because it's been so much a part of their work, whether it has been intentional of late or just who they are, having watched them do their good work. Con and Carol are going to go into this, and I'm going to have the pleasure of being the interviewer and listener. So, let's get right down to the pragmatic side of this, friends. In your opinions, and Carol, why don't we start with you? What is your idea of why it's so important that a maturity model has materialized for our industry and frankly, even more so in the in the, the times we're living today? Why is it such an important pivot for us today? For me, and I perhaps have always been pretty, I'm a doer, I'm a tactically focused. What I have found over the years was there's a lot of conversation about good ideas, but I found a lack of roadmaps that helped me actually do something about it. I listened to that in the e-learning world for probably eight to nine years, and I just kept hearing the same conversations over and over again, and it didn't go deep enough in the tactical way of here's how you actually make some things happen. Uh, and I learned the five moments of need methodology. I was seeing a similar sort of conversation happen, and I was attending different conferences, and the, it was all about lots of presentations about this is a good idea. We need to do this and shift and here's why we need to shift. And I was speaking to somebody at a coffee break and the individual said, well, I get it. I get it. it's a great idea and I'm really keen on doing it, but I don't know how to do it. And I'm not hearing anyone here talk about how do I actually make this happen in my organization. I went, oh, I think we have a gap. Because certainly I was living that when I was out working with different organizations and trying to help them implement this different way of doing business. So over the years and over those lessons learned, just started to sort of aggregate those lessons learned and go, okay, how can we turn this into something that would be usable by other people who are 
going down this road. So collaborating with Conrad and bringing his number of years into coordination with all of these ideas, that's where it's given us, I think, a very solid grounding in terms of how do you actually do this? It's not just a good idea. How do you actually do it? And we cover it off at several different levels. Okay, okay. let me go deeper on that and and shift to Connie for a second, because I want to pivot on this how you do it thing, because here's where I think our industry sometimes fools ourselves. There's the tactical side of how to do it. And so when we talked about e-learning, we all ran off and bought a great authoring environment or maybe sat through a workshop or two. And that's the tactical how to do it. This maturity model to me really talks about how to do it and how to do it clearly has the tactical level con, but there's so much more to getting to where you are doing it than that, isn't there? How is this move beyond the tactical to you? Organizations have a natural resistance to change, right? (laughs) That resistance to change is embedded in the nature of people who worry about uh, the impact that change is going to have on them. But also the systems that are in place in organizations often get in the way. And so this is what we've experienced over the years, where we've walked into organizations and we've helped them build a magnificent solution that is just brilliant and doing great things. And then as we step away and think that they're doing great and it's going to keep growing and so forth, to see it all fizzle because of the resistance and the challenges within the organization. When we transform how an organization learns, it requires the organization to change. And what we've been missing is what Carol said, is the ability to provide an organization a pathway for Mm. navigating that change and to have it be sustained over time to find its way into the cultural fabric of the organization. I don't want to just be a flash in the pan, you know, a a shiny nickel or penny or whatever you shine, you know, but I I want it to really impact the organization and last because Mm. I know what it can do. So the model pushes us beyond tactical into a world that I think is L&D. We've not dipped our toe into enough in, in an intentional way, and that is the strategy side. We assume that a deliverable begets strategy or begets change, and by no means is that deep enough. Does that go, to your point, Con, far enough across and engage enough levels of the enterprise from leadership to learner that we can get this kind of change to happen? Why should we listen to this, you guys? What is this grounded in that makes this maturity model worth the effort? A lot of people talk about this stuff, or framework is a favorite word. What do the two of you makes this different in its credibility and the reason that people should give it a shot. So what makes this different is we have looked at the scope of essentially barriers that we find in an organization and looked at what are the right ways to come up with solutions to move through those barriers. So in that context, we actually look at this from three levels, strategic, tactical, as well as the technical component of what are the systems that need to be put into place, systems and infrastructure need to be put in place to support this change. With that, as we started to work across four levels, so we actually have a the maturity model has four different levels, we looked at what is it that we are actually defining to put in to this. 
in terms of what are the categories in the maturity model. So we looked at wrapping this around capabilities in an organization. Hmm. So this just isn't a general description, but it is very specific about organizations need these types of capabilities, which are defined as people, process, and technology. And this is what the capability looks like at this particular category and across four levels. So I think it's a the comprehensive picture and how everything has been brought together to ensure that the bigger picture is it's an ecosystem and all the pieces are tuned to work fluidly together to support the end outcome. Of course, the, we haven't said what's the end outcome. The end outcome is that somebody in their workflow works in that performance zone, that they are able to appropriately respond to whatever situation they are in and have all the resources they need at the time in order to be optimized the work production that they're able to bring to an organization. So ultimately, that's the value that comes back out to the organization is a streamlined, optimized and well-oiled machine that is able to achieve the objectives of the organization. Yeah. So in accomplishing that, we've drawn upon decades of experience, obviously. We've been walking into organizations. We've developed a very powerful methodology. And then we've been benchmarking with many organizations over the last few years. And so we've got a clear view of what's required, of where organizations need to go and be. And so we've been able to draw upon all of that from all of our experience and the experience of many other organizations to be able to put together this approach. The other aspect of it is this is founded on the five moments of need methodology for ensuring that we are getting those resources into the hands of the end performer at the time they need them. There are other industry standards out there that help support us roll this out in an organization. So we looked at project management and what are good project management uh, methodologies and standards that need to help us ensure that these projects move forward? What are good change management strategies from both a change management, change leadership perspective? There's a, a, you know, what are good measurement and business impact components that need to come to the table to support all this? So we take our, our grounding thinking and methodology of implementing performance support and the full five moments of need solution in an organization, then we wrap the other components around it to ensure success throughout the organization. So it's not just a one single little micro view of how this works in an organization. It is the broader perspective. So team, for many people listening, this sounds Herculean. These are words we've not used in our industry a lot. We mire ourselves understandably, in ADDI and some change management, but in technology, words like that. For people listening, what kind of a mountain is this like to climb? Who's best to be involved? Is it something that they can do in a week, a day, a year? What's the expectation on their side to get this done, in your opinion? You know, one of the startling benchmarking issues that came out of the benchmarking work that we did, Bob, was the length of time it was taking for organizations to get to where they needed to be without the roadmap. (laughs) That is, as we were benchmarking, no one had a roadmap. They were just making their way, learning trial error. We were counseling them and guiding them and 
those who were really made progress, it took so much time and effort and energy and cost. And so that really began the journey of pushing us to say there's got to be a way to accelerate that, to really help organizations move more quickly to where they need to be. And so we realized that this process then can't be consuming <laughs> and energy taking or it fails, right? The in- initial assessments, a couple of days of work with a team that have responsibility for a certain part of the organization. It doesn't have to be for the entire organization. It can be for a business unit or for an area, a focus. But it's got to be an area where we can then turn around and begin to impact the organization. So we move in and we do that rapidly. And then from there, there's some interaction that goes back in terms of taking that data and doing some amazing things that we figured out how to do with that data. And the end result is a detailed roadmap prioritizing what you do and when you do it. Well, can I can I jump in? I want to go to a specific place, Carol, with you. <laughs> you use two words that I really appreciate when we talk about this journey, macro and micro. Yeah. Am I boiling the ocean here or am I or can I get finite? Is that helpful too? There's two sides of the pendulum, right? There's the don't do enough that you don't get momentum, but then there's the other side of spinning forever because we're in analysis paralysis. Tell us a little bit about your feeling about the complement to your idea of what you, when you call a macro view and a micro view of this journey. Yeah. Typically what happens is because implementing workflow learning is this is a great idea. That's the micro view. We go in and this is what we're going to achieve. And we're going to choose one project and say from a micro view, let's just focus in on that. So we get in there and start doing that sort of work, which in my experience invariably ends up successful. And then once that starts to get a little bit of spread across the organization, you know, when they see it, they know what they want. They go, okay, I want some of that. How do we start making that happen? And it does not take long before that little micro view is now going to bump into the larger ecosystem of the organization where you go, okay, in order to make this happen, we need some technology. And technology is now going to bump into the IT department and what the IT department's parameters already are and they're going we don't want to talk about this because we've already got a full plate and you know it doesn't take long to start bumping out from that micro view that is proven to be successful to how do we actually start to transform our organization and I typically what I see is that happens within a six-month period. We go in, get an example out there, and it's successful. So it happens quite quickly. And and that's where we can get caught off guard going, oh, okay, so what are the next pieces that, and the barriers start coming up as we start to move this forward. In terms of macro versus micro view, the way in which the maturity model is set up is because there are four levels across, and there are 20 different capabilities that have been identified, it's a stepwise process. And you're able to go through and use that diagnostic tool, which as Conrad indicated, you do an initial analysis and figure out where you are and understand the language and how this all fits within the organization. So very quickly, you can figure out, here's where I am and here's where we think we want to go to. So then you build out what's the plan you need to meet your organizational needs. 
And then as you mature into it, the next step, as you gradually evolve and the organization matures into being able to implement this stuff, then you go, okay, let's talk about continuous improvement. And how do we move from where we are at our new current level to get us to the new future state? So it has an iterative focus and Mm -hmm. it is broken out as a guideline that helps you see the forest instead of being stuck down in the trees and not being able to figure out why you can't make movement along that path. You know, I've been involved in these exercises before. I've gone off to a place for a couple of days with this consulting company we brought in, and uh, we did a lot of whiteboarding and posty noting and got to these cool things, and this thing was made and sat on the shelf. It was kind of a one-hit wonder deal. We all walked out feeling good. We even may have walked out feeling we had something to do. We probably all walked out buying into the overarching vision or whatever the intent of that exercise was. But we all know about the reality of resilience and sustainability and true change over time. How is this different than all those workshops we've all sat through? Carol mentioned that we do what we call a current and future state assessment where we define against the maturity model where an organization is and where they desire or believe that it would be to their benefit to go. But we also then identify all the challenges and some opportunities that are in place, but fundamentally the challenges that they're facing right now that are precluding them from making that journey. And we are able to take that then and with some really powerful change management tools put together a specific tactical plan that has these things prioritized over a journey. Because as Carol mentioned, we have levels of that journey, four levels. So it's not like boiling the ocean. It's that you can have some prioritized systematic things that you need to do, capabilities that you need to develop and cultivate based upon what we know organizations can do and what we know we can help them do. And so what you have is a tactical plan for moving forward, a roadmap that will guide you in the journey as you move up toward the summit through those levels. I've left with those plans before, and then I've walked into the reality of the enterprise. They didn't sit in those meetings with me. My L&D team did. And then I run smack dab into the readiness of the organization. Mm -hmm. Everything I came out with was good on paper, and probably what we needed and what we prioritized and blah, blah, blah. But for change to occur, you have to know how to navigate the realities of what the organization is ready to bear, Correct. ready ready to try. How is that factored into this? Yeah, and that was a key thing because just having a maturity model in and of itself, so that provided a roadmap, but the roadmap needed a life cycle. Because we know, just as you're saying, Bob, organizations can handle a certain amount of change because they are, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, I'm doing this off the side of my desk? I'm going, ooh, I don't (laughs) think that's going to get us very far because particularly a strong change model is required in order to get change implemented in a long term. So we look at Clark's change model and his curve indicates at the bottom of the curve, here is the effort it takes just to do day-to-day operations. And now we're going to implement this change. So here is a life cycle. 
that we use in order to say, okay, let's help implement a change in an organization. So it's it's got a stepwise approach to it. It's called EPIC. You come in at an evaluation phase, then you prepare it, then you implement it, and then go to a consolidation factor afterwards to ensure that it is stays solid in an organization. Typically, in my experience, we work really hard in that implementation phase. And we're, we're so focused in implementation, we didn't do the proper evaluation. So we didn't really understand what we needed to do for the organization. And we didn't prepare them properly in order to move forward. So the way the, the maturity model works, not only are there the four levels, but you want to manage the pace of change. So there is a strategy around it using the life cycle. The key to Clark's change management approach is that there are specific tools that we use. So it's not just an idea and a curve and this is what it looks like. Here's a tool you use to achieve this effect. And that's what I was after. I've gone into organizations and I go, okay, I get the normal change curve where you go down into the, what is it, the pit of despair, you know, that change (laughs) curve when you fall off the cliff. And my question was, how do I get out of the pit of despair? What are the tools I actually need to do to help a human being move from one state to the future state? When people are saying we need to do things differently, you know, we're not in the business of status quo anymore. We are in the business of change. And if whatever methodology we are using and roadmap we're following, if we aren't moving the human beings along with us, you're going to achieve the effect that you achieve, Bob, where you walk back and Nothing happened. We have to add that layer in in order to sort of grease this engine so that it can get up and running and stay running. A maturity model can't stand on its own because it is going to be applied to human beings. And human beings need that change, leadership and management support to move from the current state to the future state. And listeners, what Carol's referring to is a brilliant book and a wonderful man uh, named Timothy Clark. The book's Epic Change, How to Lead Change in the Global Age. Pragmatic tools that we've applied, among others, to this methodology. Friends, we have to wrap. Carol, you started out by challenging us with this, you know, a lot of talk, no action. We are living in a time where everything is accelerated. There's two words I've heard in every LinkedIn post I've had, the hundreds of Zoom sessions I've been on, and that is things seem to be accelerating and accelerated today when I couldn't get them to budge before. And the opportunity that lies at L&D's feet right now is remarkable in a terrifying time. So, Carol, in con- close with this for me, like your elevator pitch. What do I get out of this? How does this take me from that challenge Carol gave us earlier, which is the conferences of info and PowerPoint, but no doing. What do I get for doing this for my L&D department, my enterprise, and my learner? Carol, you want to start us with that one? Sure. I'm going to relate it back to what we do from a five moments of need perspective. Organizations now, they have a sense of urgency, but they need to learn something new. So this maturity model provides a framework of the information that they need to learn more about. So it's actually is supporting those people in their new, uh, new learning moment of learning something new. So it is a tool that will help them get there. In that context, I would say it's a great performance support tool for moving them forward in their actions. Love that. Love that. Khan. I don't know how any organization can hope to get to the place they need to be in terms of workflow learning 
enabling effective performance on the job if they don't have a plan for getting there. You don't just magically make this trip. And if you try to make it without a plan, it's going to take you a lot of time and the probability of failure is huge. Mm -hmm. So what has been missing for me has been an ability to figure out how to make that journey at an organizational level based upon the uniqueness of that organization, based upon the people and the resistance that that can be there. And that's what we've been able to do. We've been able to create a process that we can go through using that maturity model and using some very powerful change management, change leadership tools to chart a unique path to accelerate the journey and to ensure that you can get there safely but effectively. Hmm. Boy, and don't we need that. We're living in a time where all rules are off, all bets are off, workflows are are up in the air. Carol, I loved the other day when you were talking about some work we were doing and you were doing that we had this plan, we did this exercise, and then the pandemic hit. And what was exciting was what you followed with was, and you know, and then we shifted the plan. But we could do that, and the organization could do that because there was a plan. And what you didn't what you didn't say was, and then the pandemic hit, and everything fell apart. That difference is why this is so important to me at this time in our industry and, and what we're doing. My friends, I cannot thank both of you enough. Your passion and excitement around this is contagious. I work with you every day, and I still emerge excited from this just listening to you. I hope those out there felt the same. So really appreciate your time, your expertise, and passion, Con and Carol. Thanks for helping us. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, friends. We'll be back soon. Be well. Be safe. Well, that's it for this episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the 5 Moments of Need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH as well as our 5 Moments of Need website, which is www.the5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and will subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.